0: The first thing I thought when I woke was, I wasn't alone. I knew where I was. My mind had already made sense of the signals and sorted them into awareness the sound of the gulls and the scent of the air, and the way that the sunlight speared into the room through the unshuttered windows. I heard voices talking quietly somewhere close by, not much above a whisper, the way that people talk when they don't want to wake someone who's sleeping. Mark and Susan, I assumed, but then I wasn't sure, because both voices sounded male. I couldn't catch more than an odd word, fleeting, here and there. Away was one, and then quite clear, impossible. The voices stopped. Began again, much closer to my head this time, and then I realized that they must be coming through the wall from the next room, the small front bedroom. Workmen probably. Old houses like Trelawarth always needed something done, and Mark had mentioned something when we'd been at Claire's about some sort of trouble with the wiring. My mind was alert enough now to be wary of having strange men in the next room, and rolling, I reached with my one hand to lock the connecting door set in the wall by the head of my bed. The door handles here were the old-fashioned kind with a thumb latch, without any keyholes, but small sliding bolts had been set just above them, and this bolt shot home with a satisfyingly sturdy click that made me feel a little more secure while I got dressed. In the corridor outside my room, I met Mark, who was coming upstairs. Good, you're up, he said. Susan just sent me to see if you were. She's got breakfast on. How did you sleep? Very well, thanks. I gave a nod towards the closed door to the spare front room and added, You can tell them they don't have to be so quiet. Now I'm up. He looked at me. Tell whom? The workmen, I said, or whoever they are, in there. Still looking at me strangely, he opened his mouth to reply and then shut it again, as though wanting to make very sure he was right before speaking. He turned the handle of the room beside my own and pushed the door wide enough to put his head round, then said to me, certain, there's nobody in here. I looked for myself, but I heard them. Two men. They were talking. Then they must have been outside. They didn't sound like they were outside. Sound plays tricks, sometimes, he told me, in old houses. Unconvinced, I made a final study of the empty room, then let him close the door. He said, Come down for breakfast. Downstairs, Susan had a full cooked breakfast on the go, with sausage spitting in the pan and floured tomatoes sizzling beside them, eggs and toast, and juice, and coffee that smelled sharp and rich and heavenly, and brought my eyes more fully open. Susan, turning, waved a spatula towards the table. "'Have a seat. It's hardly ready.' The kitchen had had a remodel since I'd last been here, and the table was a larger one than I remembered, but it occupied the same spot by the window that looked out across what used to be the stable-yard, now greenly ringed with overhanging trees.' and with the former stable building now converted to a garage at its farther edge. I sat where I had always sat, my shoulder to the window wall, and looked across the yard towards the terraced gardens, sheltered by their high brick walls.